Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus. And today we have a very special guest on the show, Mr. Josh Rodriguez. He runs the Dime or hosts the Dime with Josh Rodriguez and also manages podcasts for The Volume. Uh, Josh, you can explain a little more about yourself if you want to. Yeah. Uh, so I have my own ba- basketball podcast, NBA podcast, The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. It's on the Balls Life Podcast Network. I've been doing that for about four or five years. I'm also a producer for The Volume. Uh, I produce the Jordan Poirier podcast. I help out with Slay, and I help out with Hoops Tonight with Jason Timpf, formerly at Uninterrupted, which is LeBron's company. I produce a show called Certified Buckets in 17 weeks. All right. So today we want to go over a segment that we do on our TikTok called uh, Who Would You Rather Start a Franchise With? So we'll just name two players, and you give us um, who you'd rather start a franchise with. We can basically just go around in a circle every time. Uh, we'll start with Josh, then we'll go to Gus, then we'll go to me, um, and then just do like, yeah, that's it. So okay. first comparison. These are guys that if you were trying to get these guys, it would be impossible. So first off, who would you rather start a franchise with, Luca or Giannis? Giannis. Um do you want to explain it or you are you gonna keep yeah, going? Yeah, explain it, explain it. You can explain, yes. yeah. Yeah. So Giannis for me, I, I think it's the issue with him being dominant on both sides of the basketball. Um, you know, I like Lucas bag more, obviously, on the offensive end. I think you can get more creative on the offensive end with Luca if you're building a team. But what sells it for me with Giannis is the fact that he's probably gonna win defensive player of the year this year so far. If you had to vote, um, he's dominant on that end. And to me, he's just a freak. And it's it's hard to say no to that on both sides of the basketball. I think the only argument for Luca is age, really. Um, and I think right now we've seen I think I think Giannis can be good for plenty of time. He's still what, like 27. So um, I think he's the best player in the league. So I think he's an automatic like, I don't know. I feel like putting him on any team, you would at least picture them as like, watch out. Um, and they, he could be a terrible team around him, but he'll still do that so i think he gives you a high floor and he gives you a high ceiling since we've seen what he can do in a finals uh run and yeah i guess defensively i think also offensively Giannis has shown the ability to play with other guys who still need to get theirs and luca maybe it's just like the fact that he's never really had anyone besides brunson that can get theirs get their own but it's like really, I don't know what the mavericks have right now with him is like a very heliocentric and it doesn't seem um like it's going to work in the long run. And so I'm just looking at that and saying, well, I don't know how he's going to play well with other guys that are, you know, high level scorers. And I think Giannis, we've seen his ability to play with multiple guys who can score the basketball at a high level. So I pick Giannis as well. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, I think it's probably impossible to not pick Giannis in any conversation of who's better at X because he's literally the best at almost everything. Um, except for shooting and getting having a bag, obviously. I know Josh, you talk about that, but um I want to give the case for Luca as well because you know he has to do everything. He's averaging nine, ten assists and doesn't have those guys, right? Now imagine he has Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and shooters like Grayson Allen, right? Put that next to Luca. Does he average 12, 13 assists a game? Or does his um, point numbers come down to 22, 23. Um, and then he becomes like, a, I don't want to say Tyrese Halliburton, but maybe his numbers mirror that a little bit more. Right. So I think if you surrounded Luca with a better team and I think the draft here, right. If we're, if we had like an actual draft and who you draw to start a franchise with, 
I think we've never seen Luca with these high caliber players, except for Kristaps, which didn't work. So I would be more hesitant because we've seen what happens when you give him another, you know, high caliber player and it didn't work. Giannis obviously went to the finals. We've already seen it. So that's why I feel probably a little bit better about Giannis. But honestly, I think it's a pickup because if this is a brand new slate and you give Luca, um, I don't know, two really good shooters. Like if you put like maybe Clay Thompson, you know, he's not that great anymore, but a good shooter there. And then you give him um, maybe someone like Evan Mobley at power forward and you give him like a decent center, like maybe like Shengun or something. I would feel pretty good about that team. And if you put those same players around Giannis, I don't know. You'd have to give a completely different team. So all I'm trying to say is Luke is the better manager of the team himself. And I feel like maybe he could even be a better leader. But honestly, it's hard to pick you against Giannis. His athletic dominance is just insane he'll probably be the best athlete in the nba for the next five ten years no matter what so have to go with Giannis. but honestly i wouldn't be surprised if the luca team was more dominant over the years and you've got and we don't know if he can get like i feel like Giannis is at the fully formed version of himself and he doesn't need to get better even though i mean maybe what about shooting though some, and free true, shooting but too. like I mean, I think he can, obviously he can improve in those areas, but he's 27, right? Like Luca, like you can really project him improving on the defensive side of the ball. He's not even, he's averaging like 30 a game this year and he's shooting what, like sub 30% from three. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like you can see the material, like spots for growth with him on, at least on both sides of the ball. For me. Mike, it doesn't worry you that like he had Brunson, he had KP, you know, these are two players who. I, I, they're obviously not, you know, perennial all-stars, but I think they're talented enough where they're like, okay, you know, he has teammates, he has help here. And, you know, his numbers didn't really, I, I wouldn't say he didn't sacrifice anything, but it was pretty much the same heliocentric offense and they ran into the same problems. Now you can argue they made the Western Conference Finals last year. And that's a good thing. But to me, it was kind of like the luck of the draw. They ran into a Phoenix Suns team that was imploding on itself. Um, I think Luca has had help. I, I think that's kind of a, a narrative that I don't really ascribe to. I think the Mavericks team, you know, that they surrounded with last year was was pretty good. I mean, I, I think they were good enough to get him to the second round, third round. Um, I, I I don't look at it as kind of like he needs more help or he needs like, um, uh, how can I say this? Like Giannis, for instance, like he has Chris Middleton, right? But outside of Chris Middleton, it's like you surround with Pat Cockington and Brooke Lopez. Like these players aren't, you know, world beaters, but it works around Giannis. Why doesn't it work around Luca? I guess is what I'm trying to ask you. I don't know. I I'm much higher on the Bucks role players than I am on than the Mavericks role players. I think yeah. that I mean Holiday's great, of course, and Middleton, but like probably one of the most underrated players in the league, by the way, just because he's he's been doing it for so long too, and I feel like that goes underrated as well. I Get think that I think the Brooke Lopez piece is like <clears throat> I think he's perfect next to Giannis number one, and the Bucks have done a good job. I feel like these guys look better because they're next to Giannis, of course, but like Brooke Lopez is a not I'm not saying he's going to win defensive player of the year, but he's in the conversation right now. I think he's the league leader in blocks per game. Yeah. He's he's transformed himself from like a low block star into a, a three point shooting center who's actually like, you know, 38, 39 percent. He can actually like stretch a defense out like that. And you need that next to a guy like Giannis, who's not going to put pressure on a defense from beyond the three point line. And and then I mean, like, I don't I don't know. Pat Connaughton's not like great. Uh, Grayson Allen's not great, but like I feel like they're tailored better to Giannis's strengths and like I don't know. I think Luca. I don't know. Like I feel like Luca's role players are really on and off, and I feel like you can kind of count on what you're getting from the Bucks role players more 
Like Reggie Bullock for half a season sucks, and the second half, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, he's like a 40% three-point shooter. Yeah. Tim Hardaway was like the worst player in the NBA for like six weeks, and then all of a sudden decided to drop 25 a game for a week. And I just like, I don't know if you can, I'm not saying you're going to get the 25-point nights, but you're not going to get like the five-point, one-for-eight, yeah. three-point shooting nights as often with guys from Milwaukee. So It's a, it's a consistency thing. You know what you're getting from Milwaukee rather than you don't know what you're getting from Dallas pretty much. Right, Wait, do you have a second to, one, or do you want me to? Yeah, I have a good one for the second one. So, Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? Both these guys, similar ages. Um, obviously, you know, they had very different ways of coming up. And, you know, um, I think they had very different careers so far. But now they're on different sides. One's in the East, one's in the West. Um, and you see how good the Cavs are this year. And the Suns have had a very interesting season as well. So... Um, I feel like this is very interesting. Both good shooting guards. I think 26 years old, right? So uh, what do you think? Ah, uh, man, I'm going to slightly lean Devin Booker here. I like his shot selection better. Um, I, I trust him more with the basketball. Donovan Mitchell, to me, is great in the pick and roll. He's a good decision maker. I like his playmaking cre- creativity a little more than Devin Booker. Um, but I do like Devin's shot selection better. Um, I, 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 I think he's a little more under control. I think he's better defensively. I just trust him a little more to make better decisions with the basketball. To me, I, this is a toss-up, though, but I, I would say Devin. Uh, it's, like, basically as close as you're going to get with one of these things for me. Like, I, I, you look at the comparison, it's like, where do you find the strengths and the weaknesses, like, relative to another guy? And, like, they're pretty similar. Booker's bigger, which I like, I'd prefer to have a two guard. That's like six, five, six, six, instead of one. That's like, what's on Mitchell six, one, six, two, or something like that. He's also wider though at the same time. Oh no. I mean, I'm not diminishing. I think as a pure defender, I think I like his defense more, but he can't provide as much because he's just not as big, but his athleticism is definitely uh, on the higher end. I think, Um, I guess I'd lean Booker purely because it's really hard for me. I, I don't know. I like um, like when I need a bucket in the fourth quarter, I think I'd go to Booker first. And that's sort of the difference I'm going to make, because besides that, they're both like high 20s points per game, improving playmakers, not liabilities defensively. Um, You know, like they both had big playoff performances. I know Mitchell hasn't made a huge run or anything, but he's had those like 40 point playoff games where his, the rest of his team literally doesn't do anything. Um, and then we've seen Booker be really good in a playoff run. And then, you know, he had an unfortunate end to his playoff run because he ran into Giannis. But um, I, 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 to talk, I'd lean Booker. I'd lean Booker. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell's interesting because he's been in the situation where his team is not very good. And then he's also been in the situation where his team is very good now. So I would, I would like to see what the Cavs do in the playoffs. I think it's interesting because it's a lot of, younger stars which is something that i don't recall in a long time because i feel like a lot of teams are built with a lot of veterans and then a lot of guys who are younger and their veterans are i mean i I guess it's like coming off the bench like kevin love is their veteran that's good so um most of the guys in their starting lineup are pretty young so but they're all they're all really really good and they're better than donovan than uh, devin booker situation on tiktok i said it was devin booker solely based off of he won style or best dressed last year um <laughs> on league fits so um i thought they're getting hot um playing defense 
Donovan Mitchell really like stopped playing defense in the playoffs. Um, but for whatever reason, he's actually a pretty good defender now. Um, and I've probably watched more Donovan Mitchell this year and I have him in fantasy. So there's like a little bit of bias there, but solely based off of the fact I know Devin Booker can drop 50 on any given, probably not any given night, but it seems like he's dropped 50 more uh, times than any other player in the league in the last couple of years. So, um, I mean, maybe not in beat or Curry, but anyways, what I'm getting at is that their skill on the, on the court is pretty much the same, but I like De- uh, Devin Booker off the court a little bit more. So give me Devin Booker. I feel like it's, and you do you can go either way. You make a good point because we're starting a franchise, right? And so yeah. um, it, it becomes, well, if you're starting a franchise, you're also considering, and, and you make this because I don't really think about this as much, and it's a good point, that off the court matters because Devin Booker's more marketable, I think. Like, you see him in the news all the time. Like, he's, I, I mean, it might be just because, you know, one's in Cleveland or one's in Utah and the other one's in. Arizona, which is a little more glamorous, but I think Booker's personality, like you're trying to build, you know, I don't know. I Mitchell's marketable as a player, but I don't think off, like you don't hear anything about him off the court. And I don't know, like as a franchise, you're trying to get someone that sells tickets, someone that brings in TV revenue, someone that's, I don't know, gets people talking about the team. And I think like, if you're trying to find any distinction, it's not a bad place yeah. to do it because they're basically like, you're getting very, very similar, very, very high level things from both of them. Man, I tell you, if, if Mitchell came to New York, that marketability went through, would have went through the roof, man. <laughs> we were waiting, man. We were trying. <laughs> we wanted him so bad. But... Believe me, we're Giants fans. We know about... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a Yankee fan, so I, I kind of feel your pain half a little feel it, but we kind of... We've, we've been spurned twice. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Arson uh, is bad anyways. All right, we want to move to the next one. Gus, do you have one? or? Uh, yeah, um, we did this one on TikTok, but I actually really want to see um, what Josh thinks. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton or Darius Garland um, are the two. So I'm going to go Tyrese Halliburton. For me personally, uh, I like a point guard who looks for others first. And that's like that. I don't know if that's old school. I don't know what it is. Um, but for me, a point guard should be someone whose thought is I want to make the team better. How can we score the basketball when I'm bringing up the basketball? And it's nothing against Darius Garland. I think he's fantastic, but I don't think he has that mindset. I love a point guard who's just always trying to set other people up and get them involved. And Tyrese Halliburton does that better than anybody. He doesn't even turn the ball over, really. Um, he has length. He's a good defender. Um, his shot's a little awkward, but, I mean, it goes in. Uh, and for me, you know, the point guard position, you can win an NBA championship not having, you know, the best point guard in the league. And you can make the argument that Darius might be a better player or have a better skill set than Tyrese. But for me, when I'm starting a basketball team, I would love a point guard like Tyrese Halliburton. So that's what I'll go with. I'm going to go the other direction. Um, I know Mikey is a huge Tyrese guy. I love Tyrese. I think his game is, I mean, obviously his jumper looks weird, but it goes in and it's like the numbers don't lie. I'm more of a numbers guy, I think, than Mikey is. Like more advanced numbers. And when I look at that and I'm like, well, I mean, his true shooting is high. His effective vehicle percentage is high, like all that stuff. He, I mean, you see the way he sort of manipulates games out of the pick and roll is really impressive. Um, I think I've always been even more of a Darius Garland guy, though, and I think there's a couple reasons why. Number one, I think there's really not that big of a gap between them as pick and roll playmakers. And like, obviously, you see Darius Garland, who's got another guy who's going to demand 20 plus percent usage and take a lot of shots. And so it's really like you're going to see something different. Whereas Halliburton, like if if he wants the ball, he can have it. And he's super unselfish. I love his game. 
high assists, low turnovers. Like you're going to, you're, it's rare to find he's going to be doing that for, he's going to be 20 and 10 for like his whole career. And it's, he's going to be up there with in assist numbers by the end of his career if he stays healthy. So I'm not worried about that. I think there's nowhere to go wrong, but I like Darius Garland mostly because of what he does off the ball. Um, I think we've seen him play with another player that can play on ball. And I think um, as a pure shooter, I like him a little bit better and I like his bag more. I like his ability to create on his own, even though like, I'm not saying like he's way better, but I just like what he's able to do out of the pick and roll pretty much the same. And then in the other areas, I like him more. I like his shot a little bit more. I like the way he manipulates defenders one-on-one attack switches, stuff like that. Um, and then I don't know, defensively, I don't, I don't think there's like a huge gap between them. And so I'd pick Garland, I think. So for me, it's Halliburton. Um, Halliburton was my favorite player at the second half of last season. I mean, maybe Gus would say it was Jalen Green. But um, uh, yeah, I loved Tyrese Halliburton. I loved the Pacers going into this season. Um, and I probably watch more Pacers basketball than Warriors basketball because I love watching Halliburton so much. And frankly, Tyrese Halliburton doesn't really have a bag. It's real. I don't. He literally just drives to the basket and throws it up, and he has this weird push shot. Yeah. But it, does it matter? Like he's still dropping. He's still making threes from who God knows where. He's still getting by defenders, and it's not even like he's trying that hard because he doesn't have to because his passing ability is probably the best in the league right now. Um, and it's scary to think that both of these guys are only twenty two because. You know, let's say they peak out at like 32, right? That's I mean, 10 more years of these guys dueling at it in the East would be, a, you know, just a joy to watch. So you can't go wrong either way. I think Darius Garland is, as Gus said, a better score on his own. Um, but if you surround Tyrese Halliburton with guys, you know, people were talking about the supporting cast of the Pacers being really bad um, and trading these guys because Miles Turner is not good anymore and he needs to be traded. And, um, you know, the the guys on the Kings weren't that good anymore, but it seems like he's made everybody on his team better. So I really value that. And, you, you know, you can't say the opposite about Darius Garland. He's also done the same, but it's, you know, that talent was already there. We already saw what Jared Allen was doing. We already saw what um, Mitchell was doing. And I like to see this like huge improvement by the guys on the Pacers. So I favor that a little bit more. I think of, Garland more as a ceiling raiser and Halliburton more as like a floor raiser, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I think Halliburton can take like mid-level role players and make them look better. Um, or sorry, I guess like low-level role players and make them look better than they are. And I think that Garland can take like a team that's right on the cusp and push them to like a higher level because of what he can do both on ball and off ball. But that's just me. I don't know. I would ask like, are these guys ones though? I don't no. think so. I don't are think they, are they one B's? I don't even Probably. know if they're one B's, but for me, maybe. Well, for Halliburton, like my whole point with that is just his style of play, right? Like I said before, like point guard position to me is someone who's looking out for everybody. He does that better than anybody in the league. So for me, it's like, yeah, if I'm gonna have a point guard to start a franchise, give me him. Okay. Um let's move on to the next one. And okay, so for this one. I want to go a little bit of a different route. These guys are definitely in a different tier um, than what we just brought up. But 
Let's go with Anthony Simons or Jordan Poole. I was going to ask the same one. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna and we're Anthony's... both Warriors fans. So before oh. we say anything, you know, you're not, you're not, I don't know if you're like what I'm going to say. I, Anthony Simons, man. Um, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. I'll say this. Um, I think having Dame next to him helps a lot because he can just spot up and shoot the three, and he's a very good spot-up three-point shooter. Um, he can create his own shot off the dribble, um, and uh, he's showing progress to the point where it's like, all right, I don't know if he's on Jordan Poole's level of like, hey, give him the basketball and go create, but I do think the potential is there. I think he's a better sh- – I, I don't know what the numbers are. You, One of you probably correct me. He's a better office. shooter. He is. He's, he's a, a better okay. shooter. So, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to debate that. Yeah. So, for me – um, I like that. I just think for me, I have a little soft spot for him. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I like Anthony a lot. I think he's more of underrated players in the league. And so I advocate for him a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm going to guess you guys say Jordan Poole here, right? Mikey, you go first. I have, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I'm pulling up the numbers on them both right now. Okay. Go. Look, Anthony Simons is probably the better basketball player right now. Yeah. I'm taking Jordan Poole first marketability. He's probably the most marketable player in the NBA. Um, just, I, I know people and I was at a summer camp this year at USC and I've never met so many random people that are fans of the Suns and uh, teams that are not the Warriors be fans of Jordan Poole because his bag as the opposite of Tyrese Halliburton is so creative and it's honestly yeah. it's not even that fun. It, it, okay, it's not smooth. It's not Devin Booker, but it's so fun to watch and it's creative. It's um it's versatile and i feel like it works because it's not something that i've seen before um and i don't think anyone can do what he does and if he was running a basketball camp i would not let my kids go to it um, <laughs> and i feel like his shot is on and off yeah. and i feel like anthony simons is a better shooter overall and anthony simons is already one of the best shooters in the league but look what he's doing without curry right and you know, Anthony Simons was doing the same thing without Dame. He was, you know, dropping. He was like, here, 22, here's 16, here's 40, here's 40, here's 30, right? Like, he was doing that. But Jordan Poole's also doing the same thing. He's dropping, like, 40, then he's dropping 30, then he's dropping whatever he had the other night, 26. Um, and Anthony Simons is probably a better defender right now. And I'm not going to lie, Jordan Poole was a liability defensively in the playoffs last year. But I like that Jordan Poole... Um, has a better bag, and I feel like if he just works on his efficiency a little bit more, um, I would probably think that he's a better basketball player overall, and I feel like he's more marketable. Um, so give me Jordan Poole. He had to deal with the adversity of going down to the G League. I like that hungry story. So overall, give me Jordan Poole, but it's very close. So I'm gonna give I'm, I'm gonna give a little both sides right here. So defensively, number one. Simons is better, but they're both like relatively small guards who are not going to be good primary on-ball defenders. Simons is 6'3", 181. Poole is like 6'4", 190. So, I mean, obviously much taller than me and you, but like in an NBA game, any like big guards are going to punish that in, in a switch. Like I think Poole's been better defensively this year than a lot of people think. But he's still like he still makes a lot of boneheaded plays and like I'm not gonna defend his defense in any way. Um so as shooters, Simons is like I think there's a pretty big gap, and people aren't gonna like when I say like Poole Poole's a good shooter, but the numbers don't really show that he is this high level three point shooter. Now I think 
Some of the looks he takes are more difficult. He's probably taking more off the dribble, but as a pure shooter, I like Simons a lot more. I think he's going to be 40% for his career um, type of guy. And just like his, they both have really good looking shots, but I like Simons shot a lot more. Um, and then on ball creators, I like pool a lot more. I think that's where he has his, um, I think he's a better playmaker. I think one of the big leaps we've seen him take this year um, is, I mean, his scoring like per 36 is very similar. Um, and a lot of these like peripheral stats look pretty similar. He's taken a fairly big leap as a playmaker. Um, and for me, just watching like his stat lines, he'll have a bad shooting night and I'll still feel like he's having a positive impact on the offensive end. Cause I watch a lot of warriors. Of course, I'm a warriors fan. As you can see, I have my, Oh, it's on this side. Uh, <laughs> Steph Curry right there. Um, I think that I'll see him like, Oh, he's like, you know, he's four for 12, but he's got eight assists. And I see that happen a lot this year. And I think his playmaking is significantly better. I like his ability to get to his whatever moves. It's like kind of perky jerky in a weird way. Like it's, it looks like, like a, like a really out of control Devin Booker. Cause Devin Booker is like the smoothest guy in the league. If I had anyone's game, I'd say, I, I would say I'd love Devin Booker's game because like, it feels like he's like moving in the water and he's just sort of like sliding through these moves. Pool is like, kind of out of control and sometimes that's a problem and I think when he scored 43 he looked much more in control but I I guess it's really hard for me to choose and call me biased but um I'm gonna take Jordan Poole um it's really close but what I like from Jordan Poole is just his ability to do it on his own um throw Jordan Poole on like as your primary ball handler and he's probably gonna drop 30 um and I'm not saying Simons can't, but like Simons is better off the ball or he's better at least as like a floor spacer. Um, but people are going to sleep on pools off ball ability because off ball ability is not just being able to catch and shoot threes. It's back cutting. It's moving without the ball and pool. He's learned from Steph. He's one of the best in the league at it. And like you, he gets a couple buckets a game off of just like sheer movement, his ability to move off the ball, his smarts. And I think if he had play, even more players and he wasn't always playing with like no offense to Kaminga and like Jamichael Green, like guys who aren't going to see those passes as often because they're still developing in the Warriors system. Like he's going to be able to get even more buckets. Um, Who's more versatile pool. though? Who's more versatile? Like if, if you had Jordan, to Jordan is Jordan is. Are you sure? You I think Simon's. Like, I feel like more, it's Simon's. Really? I, I don't think so. I think Simon's can fit into more systems because of just like any team is going to want a pure shooter like him. Like any team is going to be able to use a guy who can just sit. Like if you just want him to sit on the wing and hit a bunch of threes, he'll do that. And he'll shoot right. 45% from three. I guess you have to hope you have a decent point guard when you have Simons though. Like if you have like one of the worst point guards in the, if you have like a bottom five point guard in the league, I don't know. I probably would rather have Jordan Poole as my dominant guy. I, I can't see, and this is going against my argument, but I can't see Anthony Simons in the Golden State Warriors offense doing all these back cuts and like what Jordan does with the movement. I mean, he just doesn't move like that. I like Anthony a lot, but that's just not the type of player he is. I just think for me, it comes down to for the fact that like when I think Jordan Poole, um, what you were saying was was so much like he's he's like a Lamborghini, like weaving in and out of traffic. And he's he's going to get to the destination, but it's going to scare the crap out of you. Whereas like Anthony Simons, you know what you're getting. He's going to be the fast lane, like a steady speed. He's going to get there on time, safe. And I would rather that because Jordan, when I watch him play, like every time I watch him, like I like the Warriors. I root for the Warriors when, the, when they're on. But like he just I'm always holding my breath with him. It's always, it's always like I don't know what I'm going to get with him. He's like a, a way better J.R. Smith in, in a little bit of a way. 
So maybe it just says more about like what kind of GM you would be versus what Gus would be yeah. versus what I would be. And it's like, oh, yeah. they're both very good, but it's just like a, like a preference thing. Would you rather have the guy who is more inconsistent, but has more upside versus you probably know what you're getting. Um, and he's efficient. Yeah. And like the, if, the, I just want to say the other edge I give to pool is we've seen him be really awesome last year. And like, people aren't going to be like, people are going to be like, well, whatever he's got staff. Like he was, Almost 50, 40, 90 in the playoffs last year. Um, his per 36 numbers were well over 20 points. Uh, and like, I mean, there were a couple times in the Denver series, he was starting in the Grizzlies series, uh, even in the Mavericks series. And then in the finals, I mean, he had that crazy shot. But like in all these series, I can remember a game or two where it just felt like it was like, who can guard this guy? Like mm. put someone in front of him and like, show me you can guard him because I don't think you can. And then he's got, all of a sudden he's got like eight straight points and it's a big run. And like the Warriors thrive off those types of runs because, you know, we go on big runs and then someone calls a timeout and all of a sudden we're back down by five. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. He fits really well with the Warriors. I think Simons fits really well with the Blazers. Like yeah. if players fit well with their teams, I'm not going to take that away from them. That's a good job by the GMs of those teams. But I'm just looking at wh- what I can see as um, I- I've seen Poole do what he can do in a in a scenario that I haven't seen Simons yet. And if I can see Simons doing that in a postseason run, then, then I might change my mind. But Josh, I would ask you also, like, um, have you seen Anthony Simons make two half-court shots right before the buzzer in a final game? <laughs> no, Final's I have not series? seen Anthony Simons do that. But I have seen Anthony Simons hit, like, eight threes in a game, not seven threes in a game. Like, he goes off, and when he gets hot, I mean, he – I, I I know we talk about Jordan Poole and his ability to get hot too, but Anthony Simons, when he gets hot, it seems like he just doesn't miss. Uh, my problem with Anthony is, is more so that he's not as creative with, as Jordan. Like I can give him the basketball and tell him the score, but his bag isn't just as crazy as Jordan's. Like, I think that's the one thing that I would take over with Jordan Poole over Anthony, or just like, I feel like I can give Jordan Poole the ball and then everybody else is a threat to score the basketball too, because even though Jordan does look to shoot the ball, he's a good playmaker. Where Anthony, like, I, I don't trust that. I, I don't think I can give Anthony the ball and say, okay, make a play for someone else. All right. Um, thank you for coming on, Josh. We really appreciate it. Um, I feel like we got a lot of good debates here. Um, the moral of the story is all these players are good. You're not going to go yeah. wrong with anybody. There's no wrong answer <laughs> with any of these. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Gus, do you have any final words? Um. Not really. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I'm still sort of like, in a days because I don't know what to, I don't know what to pick. I feel like I pick someone and then I'm like, well, here's actually the argument. I can see myself playing devil's advocate for all of them, and then I'm like, right. actually, maybe am I right now? So I don't really <laughs> I, I like I'm second guessing myself a little bit, which I don't like to do. But yeah, um, very interesting debates. Thank you for coming on, Josh, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, peace out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.